Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon, coming from you from Nashville. <laughs> wait, 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 start over. Coming from you? It's coming to you. All right, we're off to a good start. <laughs> Here we go. Take three. I mean, two. Uh, Well, Tony Baloney is, uh, he, we got a call this morning. He's got some family um, stuff that he's got to take care of immediately. So best wishes to Tony. We'll see him next week. Hear him next. You will hear him next week. Now, let's see for the rest of the show. Hey, everybody. Hey, this is Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. Uh, we are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show. Dude, wait, wait, wait. What? You're not going to let me do that over? <laughs> I thought you did it over. No. Okay. Go ahead. Do it over. I'm sorry about that. I, I, I'm i like, dude, you're not going to let me retake that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start from the top. Please. Okay. Jared Brandon, coming to you from Nashville. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. I'm just going to put that one in there. I've already said my piece. Guest, who are you? Um, my name is Rich, and you might know me as Tethered to the Pole Star on Instagram. Tethered to the Pole Star. Okay, That's before right. we go any further, what is that all about? Um, it's my love of um, Earth, the band, and it's one of their tracks. And probably if I'd been really smart, I'd have had some sort of guitar kind of reference into there, but it was just a song I loved, and that's kind of what stuck, and I've never changed it. Now, Earth is not a band that comes up too often in too many circles. Um, briefly, what is it about Earth that you love so much? For me, it's the second wave stuff very much. Uh, the kind of slow, drony, kind of country, metally guitar, rocky stuff. And, you know, I've been looking to see them a couple of times and they're incredible. They're just, I think it's that quite meditative, slow, just cool bit of guitar playing, really. So, yeah. Cool, cool. And where exactly from the UK are you calling? I'm calling from a place called Chichester, which is right on the south coast. Um, so it's about as, as far as close you can get to the sea without falling into it. Now, <laughs> the the south coast, is, so are we talking, uh, are you near like uh, Wales or? Um, so the biggest place is probably in between Portsmouth and Brighton. So if you look on a map, it's kind of right okay. down on the bottom. Okay. All right. I got you. Got you. Got south, you. south of London. So it's about 90, 60 miles south of London, something like that. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. We're glad that you took a little bit of time out of your day to talk to us. And um, just a quick background. You're like, who are we talking to, uh, guys? Why? What, what? What's up with this guy? Lots of people have uh, chosen to follow your Instagram, mainly because you post a lot of great guitar stuff. We're going to get all into that, but why don't you head over to Instagram, and uh, if you're not already following, check out Tethered to the Pole, P-O-L-E, star. And I think you will be delighted by what you see. And we're going to get all into why that is there and your uh, love affair with guitars. Sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Fantastic. We got a light crew. Uh, as I mentioned, Tony is uh, handling family stuff. And uh, Rob Rob called and begged for mercy. He really wanted to do the show. Um, he's, he's, as we mentioned before, he showed me a picture. And I think there was close to 10 amps stacked up in his kitchen. He's... 
it's just everybody needs their amps repaired because, you know, everybody's finally getting back to gigging and everything. So he's busier than he's ever been. And, um, but he's, he does, uh, do what he can to, to get on here. So we'll welcome him back next episode. Uh, so anyways, um, we need to just, uh, cover off on a few announcements. We want to thank Rode. <laughs> you don't have Tony prompting you. <laughs> this is going to yeah. be great. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, and we get to look forward to me saying the names off terribly. Ugh. Anyways, um, yeah, so Rode Mics, thank you so much for uh, providing some really fantastic equipment. And, uh, you know, we use this stuff every week. They are making really, really nice stuff. And they've got some great new headphones out. Everybody should... Uh, check out, especially for, uh, you know, we all like to hear the best tone out of our guitars and out of our amps and out of our uh, USB interfaces and all the things. And I'm uh, pretty sure their new their new headphones are going to do the trick. So might want to check those out. I also wanted to give a kind of an, an announcement, a public service announcement almost, but not in the kind of way that makes you feel like bad or sorry for things or whatever. Um, and uh, I guess that's doing a little bit of disservice to public service announcements. <laughs> They're all very, very helpful, but sometimes they can, you know, wrench your heart a little bit. This is not that kind. This is a, this is a squeezing your heart with joy because the people that do our shirts, uh, there's a fellow named Jess, J-E-S-S at Upright Screen here in Columbus. And the reason I bring that up, because people are like, I'm not going to, why do I, what, what does that matter to me? Well, it matters to you if you're a builder or if you're, a, if you're even just a DIYer and you want to just make a handful or whatever. He is now set up to do screen printing for pedals. And I, we, I just picked up a whole brand new batch of shirts that have a little bit darker gray in case you, uh, darker gray print. So that's kind of a neat little thing. Um, and we were talking about that. And I said, man, I, I'd really like to announce that on the show because I know that there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out, like, you know, where do I go to do this? Um, who can I trust to do this? Is it going to be done right? Um, am I going to have to wait and wait and wait and wait and then get them and then send a bag all the things that come along with that we've heard a lot of horror stories from builders throughout the years and jess is a real stand-up guy i've been working with him for since we started the show for six years we do all my band shirts and everything through them they do posters for just about every band that comes through town so um really great work over there if you're interested in getting your pedals printed, uh, you can check them out, uprightpress.com, and um, ask for Jess, or you can just give him a call and ask him, hey, Jess, Todd told me you're making pedal screen print stuff now, and do that. He's a good guy, and he wants to help you make, be, be awesome. He wants, to, he wants to help you be awesome, too. Uh, yay. Uh, yay. Um, and then also... Uh, Rich, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Um, obviously, you're a little bit closer to uh, the nonsense that's going on than, than we are. But uh, I wanted to bring up Pedals for Ukraine. This is a, um, this is a situation that well, there's a lot of builders 
that have come together. David Gehring of Effects Layouts kind of talked to me and, and asked me to share this stuff, and so let me do that real quick. We are a collective of effects pedal makers who have come together to raise money for humanitarian causes. Auctions are going are ongoing for handmade pedals from some very talented builders. Not only handmade, but most of, a lot of them are one-offs, which, hey, we all like that one-off business. It's special. It is. Auctions are going on. I said that bidding will be done on the con- in the comments in the auction post on Instagram. The winning bidders will provide use a provided link to make a donation directly to one of the charities listed in the auction post. Everything goes to to the charities. The winning bidder will provide proof of donation. Pedals for Ukraine at, uh, to Pedals for Ukraine at Gmail dot com, and then we will mail you the pedal. And all that stuff's taken care of, and you don't have to actually remember most of that. We have chosen to focus on the following charities at this time. The World Central Kitchen, the USA for UN Relief Agency, and Doctors Without Borders. So check out Petals for you for Ukraine at gmail.com if you have any like further deeper questions or messages. Or just go check that check that out on Instagram and see some of the fantastic petals that they got up there and get yourself one and uh help somebody out who is desperately in need of that. Okay, there you go. And uh, let's find out what we have got going on in our music worlds this week. In a minute. And what? I have to blow my nose or else I'm going to explode. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Hey. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> So My poli- apologies. So polite. <laughs> Jared, why don't you kick us off, and then we're going to check in with our friend Rich. I'd love to. Um, so as I said, the last few podcasts I was on, just kind of uh, trying to work out the abundance of guitars and very little space issue, and I think I finally solved that. A friend of mine from work told me about the string swings and yeah that's what we use over at the gibson shop at uh, hq where we have a we have a, a lab in that building where we do a lot of research and whatnot and we have guitars on the wall and we use string swing and this is not an advertisement in any way but uh obviously uh, you know gibson uses a lot of lacquer and and um none of the guitars are damaged from using it so i'm just going to follow there's their uh, lead there with that and so i i found um some wall mounts it it mounts five guitars and they're only around 139 dollars a piece i'm like well yeah I'll, I'll try a few of those so i bought a couple of those today nice so hopefully uh yeah hopefully they work out and well t- just talk about really quick um you know the lacquer thing and hanging. This has been sort of a is kind of a semi known uh, issue with nitrocellulose lacquered guitars hanging on. Yeah, these yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of guitar brands out there, and I myself i I'm a keep it in the case guy for the most part. I've always just kept my guitars in the case. Well. I really can't do that. It's no fun. Um, it's not, you know, but it keeps the dust off. There's there's no dog or cats or kids that'll knock them over because it's in the case. But 
because of the lack of space I now have for this stuff, I don't have a basement in my new house. Um, I don't have a choice. So I'm just going to get these. These string swings are well known to have a rubber uh, a rubber uh, coating around their hangers that they put on, the rubber yeah. tubing rather. The late, the, 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 in previous ones, there was, I think they were called Her- Hercules. Hercules, yeah. yeah. Uh, early on, uh, uh, a popular choice for those mounts were uh, using latex tubing, but latex is it latex is. and nitrocellulose do not get along. No, it just eats it. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, it just it it, and then you have to take your guitar, you know, guitar to the fixer guy and yeah. blah blah blah. It's really so. weird. Like, uh, who knew a chemical reaction between those two things was going to be like, you know, ru- I, I know guitars. It, who knew? It ru- yeah, I mean, my my dad had you know had his you know four five six. I don't know how much he paid, but one of those doves in flight customs from the custom shop gibson yeah years ago and he used um brand x stand and i had to take his guitar to to lays and they had to buff it all out and and it was it was hard work because it just ate it right up rich have you ever had that issue no i don't have any guitars which are nitro so it's not a problem i have to deal with oh nice you can use any stand yeah. Anything I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. That's that's my uh, that's my story this week, man. That's what that's what I'm into. Cool. Excellent. Uh, Rich, yeah. how about yourself? What's going on in your music world right now? I've been really enjoying the new, brand new album by um, Held by Trees, which is called Solace. So, for those people who are into talk talk and bands like that, they'll be very familiar with some of the players on there. So. That's just been a beautiful album to listen to this week. Very, very chilled out. Very, you know, if you like Talk Talk, it's a bit like the last three albums. So it's, um, yeah, that's just really what's been consuming most of my um, time this week as I've been driving to and from work. Interesting. It's called Brandywine? Sorry, Held by Trees is the the band name and and the album is called Solace. Where did I get Brandywine from? I don't know. Maybe you're hungry or thirsty, dude. <laughs> yeah, I ought to get some for dinner today. Yeah, that's cool. Sounds so, good though. I might is, have some later. Is that a band yeah. that you've uh, followed for a long time, or? I think it's a new band. I think they're relatively new. I think they had put out some singles last year, but uh, from what I can see, it's musicians who were in Talk Talk and connected to Pink Floyd and other bands like that. And oh, it was oh, one of those cool. times, one of those annoying Instagram adverts was actually interesting. Yeah, right. Sometimes they look, pay off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it came up and I was like, oh, that's a band I love. Um, so I downloaded it and listened to it, and I think I probably listened to it about four or five times in the first day. Wow. So it's kind of like a super group. Yeah, it seems to be. I mean, I don't know. To be fair, I've not actually looked at a lot of who's actually playing on it. I'm just enjoying the album. It's just beautiful bit of playing, very melodic and very relaxing to listen to. Right. I, f- I feel like there's a lot of super group stuff happening right now. Um, from the yeah. sort of golden era of recording that kind of you know went away after the uh, late '90s, um, a lot of the uh, the earlier bands you know from the from the, the late '80s and maybe even early '90s seem to be putting stuff together. I mean, um, there was that there was that third secret 
collaboration, which is exactly that, you know, a bit of bit of Soundgarden, bit of this, bit of that. And that came out a couple of weeks ago, I think, which is um, really good. I mean, I love listening to Kim Tales playing. It's just always just sounds super huge and heavy and but really articulate at the same time. Yeah. And then you also got like the the Empty Hearts, uh, which is kind of another super group. Um, Elliot Easton from The Cars, Clem Burke from Blondie, um, and uh, the, the, we got the singer from The Romantics, and a couple, you know, Andy Babiuk, who's actually been on the show before. It's like, whoa, there's a whole bunch of people together making new music. And then you also have well, like. Uh, Mike Campbell from Tom Petty put together kind of a super group of players that have played in lots of other bands and everything. It's just kind of one of those things. Like people are like, hey, I still want to do the thing that I'm really passionate about. And I've made a lot of connections throughout the years. And so then people are just going, well, why don't we do something? And I, I feel like they don't necessarily treat them with the sanctity of you know and when you start an original band and you have all the original members and you can't you know you can't sully that at all it's just like no let's make some good music and we'll go out and play some shows and maybe crack an album or so well yeah when you have the skills to pay the bills you gotta use your skills to pay the bills you gotta go out and play man even if it's not with the you know the big name yeah you know the big the big attraction exactly and usually um, more times than not you'll you'll have just as fun and you'll enjoy that music just as well as you did you know the big uh the big show the big yeah, name show for so. sure uh i let's see here uh, anything else going on uh, with you over there in the uk there buddy no, not at the moment. It's been a busy time at work, so I think that's unfortunately kills a bit of practice time. So uh, I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed um, playing this morning and just making sure that you know for a bit later on, my phone on the floor was dialed in. That was a felt, felt was feeling the pressure for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and and then uh, for work, what do you what do you do for work? I work in the bicycle industry, and so currently. Currently, uh, I work for a company called Hunt Wheels, and we make uh, both wheels for road, mountain bike, gravel racing. So cool. we've got a pretty wide ratio of, of wheels. So high-end stuff. Uh, also, you know, up, upgrade kind of pieces as well for people who are new to the sport and have maybe bought a bike which hasn't got great product. And, you know, but that's why we do a whole, uh, as you guys would say, aluminum line. Okay. Uh, so we so we have a whole line of products there to to really help the rider upgrade their offering really and uh, all the way up to super high end which has been used at the Tour de France and things like oh, that. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah. Uh, I used to work on vintage Porsches going through college and um, and and other vintage like uh, performance cars and I remember. When you know when you're talking about like materials and stuff, the only reason I bring this up is I remember getting a uh, a set of magnesium wheels came in, and I went to go pick up the box and I almost threw the box over my head because I was so used to picking up heavy rims, and I that the a, a rim for a three fifty six Porsche was almost lighter than the cardboard that it was in. <laughs> I could not believe it. I I, I could not believe. How but it's it as was. strong as could be, though. Oh know? yeah, yeah. 
amazing. I, I remember the same thing when I was working the early days when I was working in the bike industry and somebody literally did put a box into the crusher with a titanium frame in it. Um, thank oh, God, man. you know, they, they managed to get it before the person had pressed the butter button for the evening. So <laughs> we managed to re- managed to retrieve that one. But that was, that, oh was my a, God. that could have been an expensive day for somebody. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. You're heading out to Utah right now. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll be heading out next week for the Ironman World Championships. Wow. How long have you been doing the Ironman? <laughs> I have I haven't been doing it. That's that's way too hardcore for me. Those guys are supreme athletes. So we'll be going out showing new product and meeting journalists and supporting some of our sponsored athletes at the event. So I'm looking forward to it because it's my first time visiting Utah. So I'm really cool. looking forward to that. Well, if you are listening to the show and you are an Ironman person or a fan and you, you spot somebody walking around with wheels going, wheels for sale, um, it's probably <laughs> it's probably rich, so go talk to him. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I yeah. uh, So I got a, a little visit from Melee's Forever. Uh, we got some um, pedals from from that person, that brand. So we're checking those out. They're going to be on the show pretty soon. Um, and I've also been kind of reassessing my pedal board situation a little bit, um, seeing if I can make a... Uh, I think I can get away with a smaller gig board. Um, uh, I, I've kind of been able to refine what I'm doing between switching out guitar pickups lately and amps and all kinds of stuff. Uh, really have kind of revisioned what I need to do. So just looking at options for that and, you know, whether I go with something that, um, you know, I've got an old pedal train, I think it's a Nano. I was like, oh, I could do this, but I really like the idea of keeping uh, all of the wires and power supply neatly tucked away, not dangling about, not nice and tidy. To, yeah. And my current pedal board does that very well. Um, but the, you know, the pedal train doesn't really do that. It's just, everything's exposed underneath and that makes me nervous. So just kind of looking around for different, uh, you know, what, what else is out there right now? There's a lot out there. So trying to narrow the field. Uh, love to hear what, uh, you all are loving using, discovering, uh, hit me up with that information. So that's about what's going on with my music world and, you know, we hope that your music world is pretty fun. Hopefully you get to do there's something new that you're experiencing every week. Um, feel free to share that with us, too. Show us your new guitar. Show us your new pedal. You know, tell us if you finally found the pedal that, that's that been elusive for The ever. Silver Bullet. That's a, that's a good name <laughs> for right. a pedal right there. Right? The Silver Bullet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Seger would love that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's uh, get on with some of this action, shall we? Hey, Rich, I got a question for you. Yeah, fire away, Todd. What do you use to stitch your favorite pedals together over there in the place that you live in the UK? (laughs) (laughs) Well, on one of my boards, Todd, I've got some Tua Gear uh, patch cables and um, bought them right at the beginning of the pandemic, and they're still going strong. Fantastic. Where did, did did you hear about them on the show? 
No, I think it was before they came on as a sponsor. So it was like really early days. Probably, I think I bought them in May 2020. Oh, maybe wow. when they were back um, as a as an actual episode. You can go back and listen to that episode, everybody. By the way, uh, but so that's great that you're using them. Um, they are pretty fantastic. What, what's your favorite aspect about those? So skinny, so flexible. Just any crazy pedal routing that you've got, you can pretty much find it in. I'd, on a nano board, I like cramming a lot of stuff on it, so it's it kind of means you can sneak another pedal on there, which is good. Yeah, nice. it's it's really bizarre how much room you can lose with really bulky cables, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think at first I was concerned there'd be a a drop in quality of noise, you know, and because you don't know, you're kind of taking a punt. Yep. But I've not noticed a difference. It's been they've been pretty solid, so that's why. On one of the boards, they're 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 a stable part of that setup. Right, and and taking a punt is the Queen's English for, um... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of like a well, a punt is like you know when you kick a, a football, like a, a what we would call a rugby ball, I suppose, or uh-huh. bunting it. But um, it's you know taking a chance on something. Yeah, that, that would be the my best way of. Yeah, we we might Local, have a few globalizing of those. that phrase. We we might have a have a few of those. I, I think it's funny. I mean, I, I'm I'm familiar with it, but I don't know that everybody else is. So we're gonna have some fun with that. I'm sure today. Um, oh yeah. Anyways, back to Tour Gear. You can go to tourgeardesigns.com uh, and find your favorite set of patch cables or a couple different. I highly suggest getting a couple configurations. They got they've got C shape, S shape. Um, and all kinds of different lengths. So if you are running like a lot of pedals um, and you need to be able to connect, you know, they don't all run in a straight line, so you're going to need some longer connections. Tour Gear's got the stuff for you. Use the discount, the guitar knobs, and you're going to save 10% off your entire order. And those things ship out really fast. So thank you so much, Tour Gear Designs, for sponsoring our four on the floor. Jared? Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Richland, uh, tethered to the pole star on Instagram. Why don't you give us your four on the floor? Right, so it's going to start with a relatively new pedal that I just bought a few months back for my birthday, which is a um, Color Sound Super Jumbo Tone Bender. Oh, boy. Whoa. Like um, an original one? No, it's one of the re-releases. So okay. this is quite. Some of my friends who are real fuzz geeks were saying it's quite interesting because it's got four transistors or something in the middle in it, and it's a mix of stuff. So I don't really understand all that stuff. I kind of listened to a Macari's demo and thought, man, that sounds great. So, and so he had stock. So rather than missing it, I just jumped on on that opportunity and certainly not regretted it. And for me, the hype's really they they, they make a great pedal. So. And it's super flexible, loads of sounds in the box rather than, you know, it's like with some fuzzes, you find that one sound and then those dials never move. This one just encourages you to play around with it a lot. So, and which one is that one? The tone bender? It's, yeah, they they do various versions. This is a super jumbo. So, I like, uh, I like the way the, the tone bender about when the, when you see tone bender printed down on the pedal, it, the actual word bender has to bend to to stay on the pedal. To fit on, yeah. To fit on, that's really genius. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's it's really cool. There's, I mean, there's loads of headroom on it. I mean, not an issue at all. And, and unusually, it's um, it's also got um, 
you know power supply as well as a battery option so it's it's a bit a little bit more modern for those guys nice what now what uh, what does that uh, go for typically oh i think about 300 pounds which are, i don't know what that would be in yeah a little dollars, bucks. yeah probably about yeah. 380 400 something like that so it's it's it is definitely the most expensive fuzz pedal i've ever bought but uh yeah certainly is delivering the goods because you take a punt you know and, and um you're um, you're on and certainly raises a smile and makes my ears happy every time i plug it in nice i like that well done uh let's see what's number two well <clears throat> number two is probably one of my it's probably one of my favorite pedals i've bought since i started playing again so it's the Greer soma 63 uh, drive pedal ah oh yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's just incredible the amount of times i've messaged nick and just said this is incredible and can you just make it into an amp or he's a special something? dude man we love him ah that pedal is just sublime i mean i bought the tomahawk first because i was deliberating between the two uh-huh and yeah. if i'd bought the soma i would have probably bought another soma because i think i could see definitely see a case of having two on a board with different settings because there's just so many sounds in that no I've, I've i've played around and had a game of like what weird position can i put it in can i make it sound terrible and the answer is no it's just no matter where you put those dials there's a great sound that comes out of that and so he's i think he's a bit of a genius nick and and just seems to be one of these just generally nice people which he is Seems to be a lot in the in the guitar world, which is great. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. for sure. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I've got I've got the Southland, and I'm actually uh, probably going to be trading out for something else um, in in his line. So I'm I'm happy to hear good things about some. I have not played that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what what exactly is so fantastic about that pedal. I think going on this guitar journey, you, you can't, I don't know, it's, you're trying to pinpoint things that you like about certain people's sounds or tones. And I think it is that brown Fender sound, which he's really captured there. And he seems to be able to have done, captured all the, like all the small amp version, all the way up to the big versions of that amp. And it, it's great because it can be really just subtle overdrive or it can get almost quite fuzzy if you turn that drive right up. Mm-hmm. I think the genius bit is having the presence knob on there to really play around and fine tune and tone it so you can make it work with your, you know, I run a, a head and a cab set up and it just means it's, you can just dial it into kind of the sound you want. And I just think for me, it's just captures it really well. It stacks brilliantly to the pedals, which some drives don't, they kind of fight and wrestle and, but this just plays nicely or you can use it as a solo sound. Um, so I, I love it. It's just great. Mm. It would, you know, I can see myself buying another at some point. Now, speaking of the brown sound, I just want to touch on this really quick. Um, uh, one time when we were out in Nashville, Jared bought a, a Fender amp that had been, quote, browned out. Jared, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So um, I'm not. I think the fellow that's working for the South Side, East Side, um, East Side. I'm sorry, East, <laughs> the East Side Guitar Shop here in Nashville. Um, their tech, that uh, their in-house amp guy. He's he actually. I think he's the one who did the work on this, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and um, basically, he took like a mid '70s 
uh, chassis uh, and cab of a twin reverb, and he totally rewired the whole thing um, and hand wired it to the exact specs as a brownface, mm-hmm. an old an old Fender brownface amp. So it's it's a little darker sounding. It's hand you know hand put together is supposed to be a, a higher quality and it is it is darker it's not that real super uh bright chimey yeah it's got, um, it's, it's got more gr- more grit a little more compression it to it it does and uh you know for me that's perfect because i'm not into that fender super bright twang weak you know and when i say weak it's not all that bad but I'm, I, I like a hotter, noisier, or not, I'm mixing my words. I like a hotter, more thick sound. Right. Rather than a, a very thin, stratty, telly, you know, traditional sound through a, a very bright, common 70s, 80s, 90s. I want a, I want a nice, crunchy, uh, cut-through sound. So. Right. And- so that amp was perfect for me, and I still have it, too. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm... I guess I plan on keeping it, but man, I tell you what, if you Sounds ever like you need to play it, it sounds amazing. Yeah, I do. And also in the wintertime, if it, it's, if it's ever snowy, I could just put it in the back of the truck and it'll weigh it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super heavy, man. Well, and you know, the Brown, I, I remember hearing Brown sound all over the place for a long time and I really didn't truly understand it. And I'm, I may be butchering this a little bit, but I'm pretty sure this is relatively correct is, um, one of the things that contributed to that sound was that that's when Fender brought on, um, two channel circuitry, uh, with individual tone stacks, uh, or, or rather they they were separate. So you, you, the blending of those things kind of helped add to that, um, that extra kind of sound um that helped me mentally kind of understand like what is the thing um anyways uh so that's very cool brown sound soma if you like brown sound or you're intrigued by what we're talking about the soma seems to be the go-to thing and i can totally understand what you mean by saying make an amp out of that yeah i think it would just be incredible i mean Every time I hear a mini chief, it just makes me want to have one. So, uh, yeah. Though, have you uh, been able to hear one in person? No, I definitely want to just, hear one in person. Just for sure. get, just skip that, skip it. Just get that thing. I'm, I, <laughs> I could not believe you know, when I when I went to his shop uh, when he was still in Georgia. Um, he said, "Hey, let me show you something," and he plugged it, that little tiny black box. I mean, it's the smallest amp you've ever seen into the uh, into his his cabinet and just started wailing, and I couldn't believe the sound that came out of that. I uh, that was that was a special special sound. So, if you're interested in that low wattage amp, that is that's a ticket. I wouldn't even bother. I don't know why you'd bother with anything else. That's that's the one. So. Anyways, uh, sorry, this is, but now it turned into the Greer show. <laughs> uh, what's uh, pedal number three? What's pedal number three? So pedal number three is a, a Black Country Customs Secret Path re- Reverb. Oof, that's a mouthful. Isn't it just? Uh, it's Laney's pedal division. Um, and I think... Laney Amps. Laney Amps, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's made in the UK. Um 
for me, it's perfect. And it's, it's called the secret path. Yeah. So there's a plate, a spring, and the secret path uh, reverb. And you know, there's a, a a switch on it where you can actually engage another, you know, another version of those three reverbs. You end up with six total reverbs. Um, wow. Yeah, it's just super cool. I mean, I tried various reverbs. I'm a big reverb fan, to be fair, probably more than delay. But um, and I think just having the flexibility, being able to choose, you know, the volume, the depth, you know, to get, to get the size of the reverb, uh, pre-delay on it, and the tone. So it's a four-knob reverb. It gives you loads of options. So you can go, you know, make it subtle, or you can go super heavy, ambient kind of guitar, drenched in reverb kind of thing with this pedal. So yeah, um, for me, just a great pedal. It's a, I really love playing playing with it. Through really. you kind of find it inspiring just to sit down and just noodle away for hours. Really, can I ask? Is it uh, some reverbs feel really natural, like you know, like I guess amp like for lack of better terms, and others, which is totally okay, sound not like that and they feel you know rather processed but that can be a, a sound that you're actually trying to achieve as well where does this fall i think probably somewhere between the two i think the spring feels sounds like a spring reverb um the secret path is their kind of their own th thing so it's got a, like a bit of modulation to it so it kind of feels a bit different so i think that's why i like it because it's really flexible if you want to play kind of a bit of rock bluesy kind of thing you know you can go for one of the more obvious choices of the spring or the plate if you want to get a bit darker a bit heavier right you know that that secret path version I, I that's for me anyway i love that with a bit of fuzz going through it. it's just a nice combo and it has an expression uh, uh yeah I'm, right? I'm, I'm yet to utilize that it's probably something i should um get into at some point because um it's. I think it's just a real clever thing. What they've also done on the new, one of the new amps, the Cub, I think they've taken the the circuitry and put that into some of their new valve amps. So you get the, the secret path into in their new amps. That's cool. That is very intriguing. I'm. I'm I'll have to see about uh, playing one of those. Um, what do you got for number four? So yeah, number four was probably the hardest choice because it's kind of like it's almost like where you're at that moment but i've gone for a pigtronics infinity two looper um because i spend a lot of my time playing by myself so kind of laying down those you know tracks and playing over them i find is just a great way to for me to improve and enjoy that experience so yeah it was that or it was either it was either going to be that or um um tremolo pedal but um I had to be kind of honest with where I'm at at the moment. And, you know, it's that looper pedal. I just doesn't leave the board at the moment. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that is a mighty good four on the floor. I think we tapped into a couple that we're uh, not maybe as familiar with. A lot of times we get ones that is like, yep, yep, yep. Those are all absolute go-tos. But I love when we get exposed to new pedals and oftentimes for surprising reasons. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem, man. So let's uh, tap into why we're talking to you. Um, aside from just being a, a nice uh, chap and <laughs> also a guitar <laughs> enthusiast, I think that's the big thing is that, um, you know, I, like so many others, discovered this uh, 
great account on Instagram called Tethered to the Pole Star. Uh, aside from having an intriguing and weird name, I was immediately sucked into the posts that you had. And um, can you just tell us a little bit about like what was the genesis of creating this uh, online, um, I guess, platform? Yeah, no problem. It kind of, I mean, so I haven't played for a very long time, so, but it was my middle son who is definitely the real musician in the family and who encouraged me to stop stealing his guitars and actually get my own and get back into it. So maybe about three, three and a half years ago, started playing again. And um, I started posting guitar stuff on my normal Instagram account and um, and I kind of figured, oh, this is a lot of fun. And I thought I'd just set up another account and just repost stuff or take pictures of things and just post it up and just see where it went, really. I didn't have any aspirations to get thousands of followers. It was just more of a, a distraction for myself and hopefully like a bit of a daily distraction for other people from their work lives and um that's kind of how it started really and and keeping my two worlds separate in a way and just making it all about guitars music and all things connected to that right well you have got some absolutely fantastic images on here and i know that you know you just mentioned uh reposting and stuff now i i personally don't have a problem with this not being like, oh, this is not all of your stuff. Well, unless you have the world's largest guitar collection, I don't know yeah. how that's possible. Well, um, it would. It, I think if I had all the guitars that I've posted, it would be bigger than uh, Bonamassa's and Billy Gibbons has put together. I think you're probably correct, but you're you're doing a, uh, I think, a service to the rest of us because you're sharing uh, a lot of what maybe might we may not un be able to see. Now, because you're doing that, you know, I'm seeing stuff from all over the world and the country from all kinds of different people. Why is that different, you may ask? Well, we know that like Instagram and the algorithms basically channels things to you, right? You, they're serving up what, what you're going to be exposed to. So it's difficult to look for what you don't know to look for. And when we have somebody like yourself who's doing that, that kind of helps cheat that system and gets much more exposure to many more cool things. So because you're doing that, that obviously means you're passionate about this and that you're excited about this, that you take the time to say, wow, look at this. I want to share this with everybody. So I thought, hey, that's the kind of person that I would like to talk to because I get excited about this stuff too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I, I feel very much like a curator on the site because, you know, it's it's other people's images. I try and make sure everyone's tagged in. That's relevant to the, to the content because it's their content. Yeah. And, you know, it's like my stuff, if I post an original stuff, it never gets as many likes because, you know, I clearly need to be a better photographer and certainly a better player to, to warrant those kind of likes. But... But, um, or you need a Persian just, rug. Yeah, maybe I need a special <laughs> carpet. But uh, I think there's just so many incredible builders. I mean, I mean, what an amazing time we live in where people are so passionate about it, and yet 
crafting instruments for all sorts of different types of players, genres, whether you're a big brand, a small brand, you know, pedals, amps, there's just so many interesting people out there. And when, you know, I've chatted to so many people on DMs on uh, Instagram and just generally everyone's a really nice person. And, it, and, and it's just a great privilege to be able to kind of expose what they're doing to a, a bigger audience because, you know, the account's grown to be reasonably big now and and it's just great. And, you know, when you hear some You're of those smaller... You're 20,000 followers. Not man. quite. It's about eight, 18, just over 18 now. But I think well, the, the thing that makes me the happiest is when I see somebody come back to me and go, gee, you know, we've, we've had somebody buy a guitar because they saw it on or you know on the platform and and that makes me happy because these guys are trying to be everything they're a builder a marketeer a sales guy a repair guy you know they're doing everything as a one-man show and it's just so nice to be able to just help people out and just go hey look you might not have seen this it might be exactly what you're kind of looking for and even if it's not enjoy it because it's cool exactly exactly and that's honestly that is the genesis of our own show it was the exact same thing. It was like, there's so many people out there who only have so much of a voice. And if you happen to find them, if they happen to cross your path and you happen to engage with it, then you might happen to learn a little bit more about it. So, you know, exposure is the key. And for every, for every like just general type of thing, there's a thousand variations. And, one of the things I love about looking through a lot of the stuff that you have um, shared is I get geeked out on the little tiny things, not necessarily like, oh, here's the entire guitar. It's the little things. It's the details. It's like what knob is being used here or, oh, I've never thought of putting this color with that color or, oh, I really dig these scratches, <laughs> you know, yeah. all the little personalized things. That's what makes so many of these things special, in my opinion. Um, I don't know that many others share that as well, but uh, is there something in particular, like when you're going through uh, all the images and, and you're, what kind of locks you into something? God, I think it fluctuates really because I mean at the moment I'm, I've just got my kind of um, teeth into P90s and kind of that's become a bit of an obsession and I've got a, a long-standing SG build which I really must finish and and so it's like there's kind of things like that so those two combinations so I think when I was looking back recently I was thinking wow I've posted a lot of SGs <laughs> <at the moment." laughs> and, and, and I think that's what happens you kind of I kind of get a little bit fixated with things sometimes and sure. and, and and another thing I love is um you know when people take a telly design and re- reinterpret it you know yeah. it's such a great kind of concept but just seeing what people have done with Leo's design and taking it somewhere else is really cool and it's just sh- it is absolutely stunning how many different things you can do to you know the simplest platform of all yeah 100% i mean there's you know there's um Clydesdale guitars was one of the ones that kind of jumped out where he mashed my two obsessions together at the moment with like that SG body and the kind of um, telly layup and set up. And it just, just looks incredible. And some of those finishes he puts on his guitars with the flowers or flipping the other side, he, he did some really cool, like uh, almost like army green 
kind of colours. So they were they were super cool, and so I really like that. And um, there's a new, well, not new, but he's been around a long time. I think he's maybe on his twelfth anniversary. And um, there's a Finnish builder. Um, I'm going to pronounce this really wrong. That's the problem here. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to say, is it Voronseku guitars? Man, <laughs> I think I've got that, that's got that really, that. I've got that really wrong. Um, yeah, we, we've but, got we've got a guy from the UK with a super thick accent trying to pronounce a Finnish guitar builder. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work well, is it? <laughs> oh, that's great. Mm. So he's got some fantastic designs. How do you of, how do you spell that? V U O R E N s-a-k-u underscore guitars okay yeah that is a that's that's tough that's <laughs> it's, for, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> tough for me oh boy it's but t- yeah he's making some great guitars and and they just look and sound fantastic and and that's just think that's what's amazing there's just people building all over the world bringing their passion to it bringing their little touches which just make it that bit more interesting, a little bit more different. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just fascinating just to see what people are doing with the, 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 you know, in effect it's quite a simple instrument in many ways, but people are just throwing so much passion and thought process into things. Um, you know, there's so many good guys out there. I mean, Fidelity Guitars who were based up in Cambridge are uh, relatively new. And I've talked to Matt before and he makes some beautiful instruments and, very kind of 50s 60s vibe on things and uh-huh. i've posted a lot of his things over over the couple of years i've been doing the account and just makes a beautiful looking guitar and you know he's got a few well noted players playing the guitar now but i think more than anything it's just um you can see his passion and interests really coming out in the guitars yeah um for your own aesthetic uh choices uh, what do you t- let's let's uh what color like if you're gonna go get a color a guitar right now and uh they said you can whatever color you want what color is that gonna be well i think it would have normally always would have been white but i'm kind of warming up to kind of things like honey sunbursts and stuff like that i think there's a that really kind of natural aged look is something which is kind of hitting a chord with me uh-huh. i think that's really cool and and I, and I love greens and blues on guitars i think it just just seems to be so many interesting colors you know like a teal would be quite interesting at the moment i think that would uh that would probably tickle my fancy quite a bit yeah uh jared shared with me one of his guitars early on and it was it was a les paul special uh double cut and it was in it was a a repainted refinished pelham blue and he had his so i'm not sure if you know but uh you know jared used to build pickups for brandon wound now he's a gibson doing that but it had his pickups in it and i said i want this guitar had many trapezoid inlays which i'd never really seen before i absolutely fell in love with it and and a big reason was that blue because uh, to your yes. to your point, it's, there's something there's something about it. it. I don't think it finds its way to many stages for some reason. I'm not really sure about that. But um, Jared, what when you got that guitar? Ultimately, by the way, I got the exact same guitar 
Um, but I, it was black and I kept it black cause black and gold is like my kind of thing. But, um, yeah. Jared, why did you go with Pelham blue for, for that? And what was it originally? Um, you know what? Um, I kind of have the same answer you do. There's something about the Pelham blue and on top of that, there's something about it when, you know, the lacquer yellows over time and then it turns it to like more of a, a blue green color. Yeah. Almost um, a turquoise. But I, right. But I, you know, I, I wanted this to look new. So I just went with the clear lacquer. So you got the actual, you know, Pelham, the true Pelham blue. I, I don't know. I've always loved the color blue. It just it just looks a certain way. Um, what what color was that originally? It was black. It, you know what? It was like a metallic black. Hmm. And it, as much as I mean, I love Pelham blue, and I'm glad I got it finished out as Pelham blue. But well, it's a one off. I mean, it's you totally unique in the world. Yeah. So I I it, it was a metallic black before that. So. But I just wanted metallic blue more. Yeah. But the the deep black was was really cool. It had a slight neck crack, and I had that repaired. And I'm like, refinish it, Pelham blue. Pelham blue is awesome. That's so, cool. That's that that's the story of that guitar. Now Zach Zach wanted it worse than I did over time, so I made a deal with him, and he actually put it in a freezer and had the had the um, yeah checked ni nitro check yeah. on it, and it looks. Looks even better now. It looks like an old vintage junior from the fifties, and, and uh, but it's Pelham blue at the same time. It's pretty. It's a pretty awesome guitar. Yeah, um, yeah. They they did a real rare run of those a long time ago. Uh, I think I want to say in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, ask my boss. He'll he'll know. Well, but. they they. I know that Epiphone <laughs> did a run um and i think it was around the time that they did noel gallagher's supernova not mm -hmm. the not the uh not the union jack but they did one in pull and blue and it was like you know kind of like their their version of the 335 um and um uh like a dot style i believe and uh yeah and then they also had um there, I think they did a junior, a junior single cut. I don't remember seeing a double cut, and and they did an SG as well, an SG version of it. I'm I'm almost a hundred percent certain that that happened because I remember seeing those in the store at some configuration like that. But then never saw them again. <laughs> so, anyways, Rich likes blue. Um, <laughs> well, not not as we much as um, not as much as Gandalf uh, the Pelham does here because he's his oh yeah what whole a great account, collection. Right? Oh my god, that um, that single cut uh, uh, junior he's got where I think it looks like he's put a copper guard on it. That's just outrageous. It's just so good. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, a couple of. A couple of you know, just kind of sidetracking really quick. There are a handful that are coming up right now. One is um, uh, at only one pickup, and there's a, I think there's a few more, but there's a resurgence of the one pickup love out going on out out there right now. And I my latest guitar I chose to do one pickup in, and. I now I just start seeing a whole lot of you know it's sort of like when you 
by a car or something like that. That you start seeing white cars, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, my car is everywhere!" (laughs) Yeah, and but it's it's neat how people like we can fixate on one thing and they say, "Let's make that one thing an even bigger thing," you know. Uh, So let's talk about a little bit about um, more about some of the stuff that you're gravitating and sharing and just your experience with some of these people are builders contacting you as a result of this or like what's the what's the blowback on this and it does happen i mean i've kind of really i mean i've had people wanting to pay to go on the thing and uh, onto the feed and and i'm it's not where i do it i don't want this to be a business i always just want it to be something which is fun um so i've kind of politely said no um and I've just stuck with really following, I suppose, where the wind blows with it, really, and what comes into my attention. And and so there isn't. I mean, sometimes I, you know, I stick a lot to the some of the themes. I do a lot of telly cheers here because I love a telly. But and you know, sometimes I play around with the whole Gibson Sunday stuff. I don't really get involved with Stratadier because I'm not a huge Strat fan. Uh, so I can, I kind of, I kind of stick to kind of the stuff I love. Yeah. Um, and that's really how it gets up on there. There's no more strategy than than kind of thinking about, well, this is things I really like and I think I'm going to share it because I, there might be a bunch of people that like it too. And, and you know, it's as simple as that, really. It's no kind of overarching world domination plan in, in there. It's just literally <laughs> just, just sharing stuff with other guitar people around the world and, you know, people drop in and out of DMs and we chat about stuff and it's great fun. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm. You, I think you and me share the same love of uh, Stratocasters. Are, are you having to like look for new things now? Like, are are you, or are you overwhelmed at your choices? Are you just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to pick? Or are are you trying to seek out things? It seems that a lot of the time they come and find me, and sometimes that is in through DMs, and sometimes it's just I don't know. It's like you see something on somebody else's account, and it leads you down a um, a hall of spending time looking and researching things, and and I think it just feels very natural, really. And and, it, and I do it when I've got the time because my job's busy, so so I just find the time, I suppose, like when I can to to delve deeper into it, really, and. I think it's a bit like the fixation thing. You kind of get into one thing and uh, I've I've played a bit of one pickup stuff quite a bit recently and that's become a bit of an obsession. So you end up going down, searching out single pickup guitars and who's building them and what configurations. And and then that gets gets reflected in um, your content. And I think, you know, I've also had kind of a real thing hankering to buy a Selma ramp, which is completely impractical because, you know, but they just sound incredible. And every time I hear your um, um, satellite amps, Elmer, I kind of go, how can I make this work? And what can I do to get one over here? And all those kind of questions kind of come into mind quite regularly because I think Adam's product, whatever amp it is, just always seem to sound incredible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's designed them really for pros rather than hobbyists like myself. But I think just the tonal sound of it, and I think – they're beautiful the sim- too. The aesthetic just, on is incredible. Hundred oh, percent, and, and I think the simplicity is something which is beautiful. You know, an amp where it's got so many knobs removed, so your choices are removed, so it just makes it easier for you just to get on and play. 
probably is much more attractive for me. A bit like we were talking about the Greer amp earlier on. You know, it's got a tone and volume, I think, and that's about it. And, and you know, whenever you, you hear it through the mighty world of Instagram or, or YouTube, it sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, you, you kicked out a couple of makers that um, maybe not everybody is familiar with. Uh, is there uh, a hand... Um, like a handful of others that you want, you'd like to make sure that people get uh, made aware of. Wow, there's there's a whole seems to be a whole renaissance of English builders at the moment, and um, you know there's a just a bunch of really cool people kicking out there. I mean, Trent Guitars are doing some really cool stuff. He's managed to to go from just being a new kid on the block um, and doing something really incredible. Um, He's got a background in uh, carpentry and cabinet making, so I think the woodwork skills transfer over, but everyone who's managed to get hands on one of those seems to think they're very special guitars. Um, who else is over in the UK at the moment doing some interesting stuff? There's this guy, I think it's a small one-man operation called Ruby Guitars. Ruby? If you like Ruby, yeah, if you like that whole silver tone kind of Tiesco Japanese thing, there's a lot of that kind of influence going on in on his guitar stuff at the moment. They, yeah. He's making some super cool stuff, you know, just you know, interesting, on, both guitars and basses. On that note, I, there's the offset guitar shape. It, you know, it's so familiar, and, but yet there are so many people just finding different ways to just shift. It. By shifting a, a curve or two, you have a whole new vibe of, on a guitar. Yeah, completely. It's amazing how people can just be keep being so creative with the lines and the shapes that they can pull out and yeah. makes it interesting. Yeah, indeed. Um, how about throw us a couple others real quick? Uh, Providence Guitars, um, they're really interesting. They've got a, a, a non-reverse Firebird kind of vibe going on with some of their guitars, which it sounds really good. And I think they have got a good relationship with uh, Matt from Monty. So they use a lot of his pickups in uh, his guitars. So they seem to be building just really interesting stuff and really affordable as well for something, which is, you know, hand built. Um, so they're really, they really inspire me. And there's, there's like super small builders. Uh, there's a guy based out in Suffolk called Blind John. So if you like that heavy relic kind of thing, uh, Blind John's doing some really cool stuff with uh, with Telecasters and other ships as well. Uh, yes, very, very homemade feeling on, on some of those. Uh, you can tell. It's like this is a guy who's just making, putting wood and metal together and hope you like it. Yeah, I think for some people, that's exactly where they want it to be. They don't want that super polished kind of thing. They love that raw rawness of the guitar. And I think that's what's amazing. There's just so many variations and options out there that people can tap into these days. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, you know, you, uh, you've got a lot of uh, amps on here as well. Is I know guitars are your main focus, but... Um, you're where are you with the the old amps i know you mentioned the old selmer is are are you as into amps as you are the guitars i think that's a a, a brewing obsession i mean my first amp when i got back into it was a um, hh um studio 50 so it's a solid state 
amp, uh, but it's from the 70s. And famously, I think, um, used by T-Rex. I think they use some of their stuff. Uh, and at some point, I think Laney bought the business. So mm. super clean, super pristine sound. And then in my other my other older amp, is I've got a, a Marshall Lead 12, you know, the little 1 by 10 kind of combo. And really, I bought that because of the Billy Gibbons fascination, you know, because apparently he'd used it on some albums and... And you know it's it's got that kind of martial thing going on, and I wanted something small and theoretically not loud, but it's 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 still plenty loud for a little um, you know little amp. Right, right. Uh, Jared's pretty familiar with the uh, the old Marshalls. He's trying to unload uh, quite a few of them right now, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really in a big hurry to do that, but yeah, I think eventually I need to. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Yeah, you actually posted something recently that was maybe atypical of most of what you tend to put out there. Uh, it was a clip of Frank Zappa, um, and I that one really got my attention because, uh, first of all, I I just recently watched on the uh on the gibson channel on youtube which is it's a really good channel i mean honestly man if you like guitar stuff that's a great place to to go and hang out and and you know the production value is fantastic they're talking to people who like live breathe and bleed guitar stuff and and it's really great and they were talking to dweezel about his dad's guitars and all the guitars in his collection and everything and I appreciate that, but I have never been able to get the. It's sort of like, um, uh, you know, like Marmite or something like Mar or Vegemite, depending on where you are in the equator. Um, people love it or people hate it. And I particularly really like Marmite, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> like Frank Zappa. <laughs> Yeah, somebody 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 recommended um, an album for me to try, um, which was oh god, where's it in the comments? Um, Shut up and play your guitar. So I'm going to try and listen to that because I had some good friends of mine where I was working at the time were just music obsessives and they desperately tried to get me into Zappa and I, I, don't know, I just couldn't get it at the time and and I think what I've noticed since playing again. Um, the music I listened to has just completely changed. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I think maybe it's time to give Frank another go. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to keep trying. I was the same way with oatmeal. Um, I, I I tend to use oatmeal as my yardstick uh, for for life. Um, all going all growing up through my childhood, my mom would try to make me eat oatmeal, and I I just I couldn't do it. I absolutely hated the idea of eating oatmeal it was nasty it was slimy it was it's like eating a bowl of booger soup it was awful uh. <laughs> just couldn't do it and you know she'd get frustrated because you're like but it's good for you and i'm like i i'm like spitting it out and ah. and it wasn't until i and i tried along the years i'm like i should I feel like I need, I should like oatmeal. I should, it's, I know it's good and blah, 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 blah. And I kept trying it. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Just bleh, spit it out. And, uh, but now I like it. <laughs> so, 
You never know. You just don't don't give up on something. If there's a if there's an ounce of intrigue there, let it let it brew. You know what I mean? Well, being the UK, we eat a lot of what we would call porridge. So you know, oatmeal. And tip somebody gave me years and years ago was you know soak it in hot water the night before you cook it, and just makes it super soft and dead tasty. Mm. Okay, I will give that a shot. Um, so at the end of the day, you have a channel in which you're sharing your passion. You don't have the world's greatest collection of guitars. You don't have a, a, a warehouse of amps. And, but you are sharing your love of these guitars with, with the rest of us. And, and 18,000 people seem to, uh, to echo that. I think that's pretty cool. It's hard to be online. And this is something I was thinking about last night, so I kind of wanted to wrap up with this. Uh, oftentimes, like, you know, I'm a creator in, in many different ways, I mean, whether it's my actual daily job or my band or through the show or whatever. Um, and when we look around at the community around us, especially on something like Instagram, it is very easy to feel woefully inadequate, woefully undervalue. You know, it's it's so easy to undervalue yourself when you look around and like, look what everyone else has. Look what everyone else is doing. Look at all these things that that there's no way I'm ever going to see or play or hear or do or feel like. And, you know... Well, that's what I actually appreciate and why I wanted to get you on because you aren't a person who has all this stuff, but you're still sharing it. And and I just wanted to echo to to people things that I was feeling last night, actually. I was like, man, I'm never going to feel caught up or or uh, at the same level as, as everybody else that I see online. Um, and this is a great reminder of just like, just share, just be passionate, just, just share your feelings, share your thoughts, talk to other people and, and, um, and, and be hungry about those things. That is what will help like fill you up. And, and you're probably going to run into a lot of things that you didn't, uh, consider before or think of if you, if you get past the idea that, um, all of this out there is not yours and it's unattainable. Maybe that means something, maybe it doesn't, but I just thought I'd share it because that's something I was feeling last night. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, I think for me it's a bit like, maybe I treat it a bit like the guitarist's world of art gallery, you know, and trying to post up things that we all enjoy looking at and and can enjoy and I think so often we get told you have to possess everything but sometimes it's just nice to enjoy somebody else's success and just enjoy that thing for what it is and you, then you can get back to your normal day life yeah yeah it's okay if you are never going to get a Nova guitar it's okay you know apparently um, I'm, I'm still dealing with that therapy's helping yeah <laughs> Yeah, so just, you know, appreciate and, and share another's appreciation. Like, you know, get out there and comment on this stuff. It, we, we talk all the time about how accepting and open and, uh, and all the good things that our guitar community is. And it just, you know, sometimes even if you just 
comment on someone else's comment. Boom. You can end up making a new friend out there in the world just from like doing that and seeing where that goes. You never know. Um, so get in there, get engaged and oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So anyways, thank you, uh, Rich, for being out there and sharing all of this stuff. Um, if you wouldn't mind, if you can hop in the back of our El Camino right now, we're going to swing by Jared's house and pick him up to go do some of his favorite thing. Welcome to Nashville, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for Would You Rather. This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by... Our executive producer, Don Kloss. You live in a major city and you have a gig opening for the city's most popular Pink Floyd cover band. A crowd of several hundred people are expected. You sing and you share lead guitar duties with another member while setting up. You drop your only guitar. Oh, no. Snapping the headstock. Ah. Poor Paul Reed Smith guitar. You have no spare, <laughs> and neither do any of the other band members. Uh-oh. There is no time to run home. You can't do it. The venue manager tells you there are instruments in the supply closet, you know, because there's always a supply closet somewhere. So, and to help yourself, what you find in there is shocking. So would you rather would you rather play the Dan Electro baritone guitar, which has four strings? It doesn't have six strings, it's four strings, and I think it's probably tuned different if if I'm right. This is where we really need Tony. Or a ukulele with a built-in peso pickup. And I I don't know about you, but this this isn't this is not an easy would you rather it's really not so yeah that is our would you rather this week that is a Good no luck. win situation would you rather that that's what that is yeah <laughs> all right uh jared why don't you go ahead and lead out absolutely so i'm definitely going to go with the baritone because it's you know a longer more guitarish scale than a ukulele is if you can imagine how big i am i'm six foot six about 330 i am a giant man and a ukulele is not gonna <laughs> I would it's to not even that, gonna though. i i mean your head is bigger than a ukulele i don't know so i eat <laughs> ukuleles for breakfast yes you use ukuleles to eat your breakfast that's yeah true uh so i'm definitely gonna go with the baritone and I'm going to tune it the first, you know, the the strings into a guitar tuning. And I'll get by on that easily. Okay. So, All right. Uh, Rich, how about yourself? Uh, I think I'm in the same realms as Jared as being six foot three and and pretty big guy. I think a ukulele on me would look silly. And also, I'm not sure the world is ready for uh, Floyd ukulele kind of inspired covers. <laughs> I think that might be just too much for everyone after two years of pandemic so i think i'd definitely go i think i'd go the same route as uh, and just play around with that chair tuning on the on the dan electro and i think yeah um, it's got to be the way forward gotcha gotcha well i think we're we're all in the same el camino here because uh I, there's yeah uh, ukulele 
I'm nope. That's just a big. I nope. guess it was a little easier than what I thought. I mean, yeah, just I tune actually, it into a guitar tuning, and you could actually get away with playing leads easily. I I like the idea of. I think this that would actually be really interesting. It'd be kind of like a cross between like, um, you know, Pink Floyd and like the Black Angels or something like that. Yeah. Like just a really like dark, dark psychedelic pink floyd cover kind of thing that'd be kind of interesting sure i mean as long as you have your big giant you know effects processing equipment you i think you're gonna be just fine yeah indeed <laughs> but thanks for that would you rather don we really appreciate it and please send in your would you rather's everybody i'll read it off and We'll have fun with it. Indeed. Uh, we need to thank a few people really quick. Um, I'm going to skip all the hoo-ha that Tony does so well and just say thank you so much to all of the people that contribute and help keep the show alive and running. Um, and we have some really great reward packages that we send out to uh, new patrons. Um, and we've got two levels. Uh, the first level is our executive producers. And I know I'm making this a lot less fun. I, I apologize, but I also don't want to make it really cringy either. So I just want to give a genuine thank you to Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Jason Rausch, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemolero. Bilgola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lanthrop, uh, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Barazin, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, David Pogue, Don Kloss, thanks Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, and Brett Hogarth. Sincerely, Yay. I thank you for your uh, contribution and your support. And we wait, also, there's more. Yeah, yeah, wait, there's more. Uh, yeah. We also have our grand poovas, and these people double up on these efforts. And I, I'm just gobsmacked at this list that we have. I'm so proud of it. Um, Tommy Manasco, Richard Igareta, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Mirkishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler, K.C. Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Stephen Keyes, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jathan, 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 Jonathan Daly, <laughs> Martin Cliff, Sean S. S. And Eddie Serratos. I... You know, these are names that we read off every week. These are names that I get to interact with um, often online. These are names that we've had on the show the where we've actually talked with a lot of our grand poobahs, and we're going to continue doing that. And I truly want to thank you for your contribution to my personal guitar world and um, uh, for keeping it as rich as it is. And I am so thank you, everybody. All Yay. right. Um, Tony will ba be back with the normal nonsense next week. <laughs> it's very different without Tony. It he's, is. When he's not here, you really get a deep appreciation for what he provides to the show. 
Yeah, I was thought you were going to say a deep appreciation for me, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, okay, let's see. Rich, where can people go find what you're doing and or, you know, interact with you? Just on Tether to the Polestar star on Instagram. And, you know, I'm there in the DMs if people want to chat. Excellent. Tethered to the pole star. Go out there and check that out, everybody. Yeah, and thanks for the translation, Todd. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, if you're a smaller builder who just can't seem to, you know, get the, the, uh, the spotlight on you, you know, shoot him a message. Maybe you get your stuff on his uh, Instagram there. Uh, and, uh, and shoot it to us, too. I mean, why not? Jared. You're just over at Gibson, but you've got a crazy name too, so go ahead. Yeah, Jared.allen.brandon on Instagram. Yes. Uh, you can you could send me a message and I apologize if I don't check right away, but when I do see a message there, I promise I will answer and welcome you and uh, answer anything I can. I still think it should be big Jared, but uh Anyways. been big forever. So. Well, yeah. So why change now? All right. Yeah. You can shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can send me a DM at guitarnobs on Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Thank you all for being out there, being engaging and enthusiastic about uh, the things that we love. And we hope you have a fantastic guitar week. And thank you, Rich Land, for sharing your time with us and being out there doing what you do. And thanks for having me, guys. It's a real honor and pleasure to be invited on. Absolutely. You bet. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic guitar week. Subscribe! Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll leave that one in. How's this? Oh, yes. Now you're like, oh, my. I am. I actually bought some. Very... <laughs> Jared. I'm sorry. I thought I, I, I didn't. I thought we weren't recording. We, we, we are, but a, but a, but a warning would be great. Oh, sorry. I thought that I thought we were off. Like not going to record that. We well, we're always recording. I'll just use it later. Oh, that's awesome. All right, we'll need that. Jeez. Oh, Jared. Well, you're welcome. I just gave you some material for the end. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Testing, one, two. Testing, two. testing. Nine, seven, two, five. What if it was nine, seven, uh, nine, seven, two, five instead of one, two, three? I wonder if people would remember nine, seven, two, five. Move back from the mic just a touch. A touch too much. Uh, what am I doing exactly? What What is the transaction here? <laughs> this is going to be an, a, a, a real editing workout for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten the brand name. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> God. It's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, noise. All right, here we go. Jared, are you all, is your nose all okay now? I hope so. Let's roll. All right. <laughs> I think he had some ribeye up there. I, I <laughs> hey, Rich. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be one of these days, man. I'm telling I am a giant man. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, 
and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.